Welcome to Crafted with Cradle, a curated conversation over cocktails with Charlotte's Best. Hi, I'm Ruby Britt High with the Mint Museum, and I'm Crafted with Cradle. Welcome to another edition of Crafted with Cradle. I am your host, Dr. Keith Cradle, and as always, this is your podcast curated conversations over cocktails with some of Charlotte Art's finest. As always, we got to big up Jason Jett, who does our theme music, jasonjettmusic.com. And remember, you can always catch episodes of Cat Crafted with Cradle, new and old, on Suite 929 and at JSW Media Group. And remember, Jam Sham, she's always in the building. Even though this is virtual, she is somewhere around here. I don't know if you can see her. Maybe you can, maybe you can't, but I know she's there. And as always, to my man, Chuck Holiday who does the production. And remember, you can always watch these episodes on Suite929.tv. As always, plugging away, we got the 914s out right now, selling like hotcakes. And remember, the original Cheers is out too. So hit the website, keepcradle.com. You can pick those up. Head over to Shop Made LC. So check it out. No matter what's going on, and we recognize that we're in the midst of a global pandemic, um, racial upheaval, you know, the world's not going to stop and neither are we. So we've already, we've already pivoted as we've talked about in our last episode of making sure we have episodes, but at the same time, we've been doing our live show as well. But today we are back to doing the regular podcast. So that means a regular guest, even though we are social distanced and doing it virtually, we are still going to bring you a amazing conversation. Uh, tonight's guest, this is my first time meeting the brother, but I heard a lot about him. Um, so I'm really looking forward to getting to know him and making sure our Crafted with Cradle audience gets to know him as well. We got Mason Parker, um, and according to his IG bio, he's an all-around creative dude. Um, and so y'all give a warm Crafted with Cradle welcome to Mason Parker. Mason, what's going on, man? What it do? Hello there, how are y'all? Everybody out there in the uh, internet land. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, man, um, you know, this is, you know, this is a drinking podcast. And so we, we ask this question to every guest that comes on. And so what is your favorite go-to cocktail? If you were at a club, a bar, circa, you know, pre-COVID, you know what I'm saying? This is 2019 and you up in the spot. What, what are you going to tell a bartender to bring up? Uh, normally my go-to is, is I, it's not really a cocktail, actually. It's just uh, a double shot of vanilla crown. Okay. Uh, you know, just nice and neat. No, um, no rocks, nothing. Just, just a uh, nice room temperature. Double, sh- double shot. Double shot. Yep. And I, I would think, um, you know, with crown, you, right. You really don't need to do much with it. If it has the vanilla flavor in it, it's already giving you something else. Exactly. Exactly. Now, if I'm feeling like pinky up, you know, mood, then I might go with uh, a martini or I might go uh, with, uh, especially if I'm, if I'm with my lady and we're drinking together, then I'll definitely probably end up with a margarita. Okay. Uh, okay. Margaritas seem to be like our standard drink. So, <laughs> so, oh uh, yeah, those are my go-tos. What All about right. you? And, and, 
Yeah, I'm a martini. I, I'm a martini dude, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I definitely go vodka, uh, okay. very wet. You know what I'm saying? So it can really save the vermouth. There's really a bunch of chilled vodka I tell folks. They really just give me all the vodka, maybe yeah. a cap full of vermouth, one olive, and I can drink those all night. But tonight, I'm on tequila, man. That's, I'm going to go with a little tequila straight. You know, it's a Monday, you know, coming back from the weekend. So I said, yeah. I'm going I'm to I'm dip into my tequila stash, always uh, sipping tequilas, reposados, or anejos. Uh, never the silver. So, so Jason, tell everybody where you're from, man. I am, well, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a nomad. I was born in uh, Connecticut, uh, Hartford, okay. and um, I lived in New Jersey for a little while. And then I came here when I was about 12 um, to Charlotte, and I've been in Charlotte ever since. So uh, I am... I was I became I was like a whole person before I came here, like you know I started rapping uh, in in New Jersey, and all that stuff. So I have a lot. And, and my father, he he's actually from the DMV, and he lived in Maryland for the majority of my life. So that's the second home as well. So that my influences are like all up and down the East Coast. You know what I mean? But I've been in Charlotte the longest. So I'm a hornet to the core. Like I've been here since like Muggsy and Alonzo was on the side of the first union building. So like, you know, that's I, the nineties. That's the nineties. Yeah, 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 exactly. So um nineties made me, that's for sure. Nineties kid. Um so anyway, I I, okay. I, I consider myself a Charlotte team to answer your question. So that's what's up. So outside of being an all-around creative dude, let the audience know what it is that you exactly do. And just for sake of clarity, you are actually the first musician that we've had on Craftwood Cradle. We've done a ton of different mediums of art, but you are busting the cherry, brother, when it comes to having a musician on. So talk about what you do, talk about your music, talk about your craft. Salute to that. Oh, by the way, I have to say, I did have to make a pivot today. Um, I didn't, I wasn't able to get my vanilla crown, so I had to go for Gentleman Jack, some honey okay. Um <clears throat> But anyway, I still got my crown glass. Uh, but yeah, I, I am, like you said, I'm an all around creative dude, but what does that entail? Um, I started out acting, um, before anything I was, I was acting. Um, but I've all, I fell in love with hip hop at a very early age. So I started rapping and doing poetry when I was nine and I started performing what I wrote when I was about 11. Um, and I've always been uh, into, you know, storytelling and comic books and stuff like that. So that love for, for, you know, fantasy and adventure and stuff like that grew into me eventually authoring a comic book called the paperback hero saga. Um, so in short, I'm an actor. Uh, I'm a spoken word artist, uh, hip hop MC. Uh, I was a radio personality. Uh, on Power 98 for a little while. Um, and I also am an author of a comic book. So, yeah. That's, yeah, oh, that's, a, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, keep me busy. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, you got to have, in my opinion, you just got to have a, a lot of different arrows in your quiver, if so to speak. Oh, of course. You know, so uh, different ways to reach people. With the same I'm a firm, firm believer in that, man. You definitely got to keep a lot of, you know, irons in the fire. And that, that kind of keeps you sharp, particularly when I think people, you know, are interested in so many different things. You don't have to be pigeonholed into one particular thing. 
Um, so you said you worked at Power 98. Talk about how radio has changed, you know, when you were probably doing it to now. You know, are there any differences or what are you seeing in terms of how that medium is really still relevant in our community? Well, I was, I came on board at 98 at a time when radio was becoming what it is now. You know, so it wasn't, it wasn't that long ago. It was like 2014 I was on. Mm -hmm. So social media, all that stuff was coming into play. And what it taught me, if anything, was the fact that it was getting back to what it originally, what radio was originally created for, which was really just to play jingles between commercials. Radio was originally created so that people could advertise and they threw in music so that people would stop, would, would keep listening between the commercials. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's how jingles and all that other stuff came into play. Um, so radio is now really just, it's commercial radio. It is exactly what the title says that it is, right? So people are no longer listening to the radio to find out who the next hot artist is. Like they don't break artists on the radio anymore. So when right. people, artists would come to me and they would say, you know, hey, um, you know, hey, I have a, a song or I have, you know, such and such and such, I, can you play it on the radio? Like, yeah, they had different avenues for that. But the reality of it is, is that you, you need to have a whole lot of other uh, things going for you, plus radio play in order to really capitalize off again, of play it off the radio. So radio should in essence really be your last stop. When in the nineties, before social media and all that stuff came into play, radio was like the first stop. So a lot of people's heads, especially like if, if you were an artist with that, that wasn't necessarily up on the current trend of how people are consuming music right now, then you're still thinking, I need to get my song on the radio and everybody's going to hear it and they're going to be like, oh, it's, it's awesome, you know, and I'm going to take off from there when in actuality it's the reverse. By the time you get to the radio, people should, all, the street should already be like, yo, this is, all, the radio should be like, yo, why don't we have this record yet? Right. You know I'm saying? And a lot, of, a lot of artists didn't understand that. And so I think I kind of had a one up on a lot of folks that, hadn't had the opportunity to really venture outside this market when I, you know, got employed with 98 because I started to learn that before a lot of other people started to kind of figure that out. Um, so, you know, that's why I took the approach with this last project that I did quantum leap and I focused more on, you know, social media, getting it directly to the people, you know what I'm saying? Instead right. of, go the traditional commercial route, because that's the last stop, you know what I mean? So talk about Quantum Leap, you know, um, and, and, and talk about, you know, one, you know, the One Crown Music Group, because, you know, at this point, I'm quite sure it's a, you know, brand new label, um, and you're the flagship artist. So talk about how that came about, and talk about what the project is that you currently have out. Okay, um, so big shout out to my manager, Jamika Witten. Um, and big shout out to my label, uh, One Crown Music Group. I uh, I found a home with them because of Jamaica. 
And so I spent a little, you asked how it happened. I spent a little time in LA. And um, when I was in LA, I was doing the comic book. Uh, when I came back from LA, the comic book was done, but I had no like marketing budget or anything. I had pretty much everything that all my resources had been spent making the comic book. So um, when I came back, I started kind of like shopping it around. I came to Jamaica, who's known me since I was like a kid, uh, known me since I was about 15 years old. And um, probably maybe a little bit before that, actually. But anyway, uh, I, I went to her and I said, hey, you know, you know me. You've seen, you've seen me, but we've never like, we haven't really worked together. So um, I came to her with a comic book. I showed her the comic book. Uh, she said, yeah, you, you got some, you know, so we decided to, to, to join forces and um, see what we can make happen. First thing was, is like, hey, you know, I'm not out here with $100,000 to play with, you know. I'm not out here with the resources that may be necessary to really get this out off the ground. I need some help. So she put in a call, um, sent some, sent my stuff over to Sean B um, at One Crown Music Group. Now at the time, I didn't realize that he was starting a label. He was just a, a potential investor or something like that. You know, he was just somebody that I thought could help. But skip ahead a couple of months, you know, I was patient, um, you know, we kept talking and then, you know, they dropped the whole, we're starting the label, we want you to be the flagship artist, blah, blah, blah. And that was, you know, one of the best days of my life. And right. um, just to, you know, and, and it wasn't like, you know, the, the champagne bottles came out and the, the, the dancing bear came out or whatever, not like that. <laughs> it, it was, it was the fact that I got a yes and somebody believed in my vision. And since I've been signed, because, you know, nowadays with all the stuff that has happened with 360 deals and people are hearing these horror stories of these artists that get shafted when they get involved mm -hmm. with label, everybody's like, ah, I'm not doing no label. I'm independent, independent, independent. And it's really, I'm a true testament. My story is a true testament to what can happen when you get with the right situation um because you know my, my situation is unique and um i'm i'm, I'm happy because I, I still get to be me you know i don't get like the insta fame or nothing like that but i get the opportunity to really work for it and and most artists who are really just committed to their artistry um just want the opportunity to be heard you know on a yeah. larger platform and to really make a living and to be comfortable doing what it is that you love. Um, and that's really, really w what I wanted. Um, and it's funny because Quantum Leap, which is my, actually Quantum Leap's not released underneath the label. Quantum Leap is actually my last, first and last independent project. Okay. Uh, because Quantum Leap was done when I, I, that's the music that I came to the label with actually. Um, and so they 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 graciously allowed me to go ahead and release that independently. Um, and it's so funny because it was the work, you know, that that was pretty much derived out of my frustration with being overlooked <laughs> that ended up getting where I currently am. So um 
God works in definitely. He has a, a a very interesting sense of humor. I will say that he does. <laughs> he has and he has his own he has his own timing. Um, and so so talk about what so what does the Charlotte music scene look like to you? You know when you see it, you know you're out there. You know what does it look like? And I and I think I'm. I'm probably thinking it's a little different right now because of, you know, the pandemic um, and, and the recent, you know, well, it's always recent, but of course the injustice has done to black folk, but what does this music scene look like in Charlotte specifically? Let me tell you, Keith, <laughs> Dr. Cradle, because um, this is our, our, our first time meeting, but I, I'm glad that you asked me that question. Uh, I have been on so many Zoom calls in the last couple of weeks with organizations who are really trying to take advantage of the wave of change that's sweeping through the nation. And the I call it the white awakening um, of in a sense. And so there's so much opportunity happening and synergy happening in areas that it didn't happen before. Right. Um, the biggest thing that I've enjoyed is the fact that on these calls are some of the most genuine Charlotte, what I think are staples in the Charlotte culture, you know, and Charlotte arts culture, making sure that the interest is genuine and authentic and built on a mutual trust and that there's equity and that there's ownership and that there's not just like, Hey, this is the trend. Let's jump on board and do some black stuff. And then that's it. And be you done. Know? Right. <clears throat> right. And making sure that it's a real thing. And um, I'm very proud of that. Uh, I'm very proud of those voices um, doing what they do on behalf of art, black art in Charlotte. Um, at, on the hip hop side, which could, because I'm an MC, mm-hmm. that's actually a slightly different conversation. What's cool about it is that because of the people who are working in the background, hip hop is now a conversation in, in, in places and arenas that it previously wasn't even thought of, you know, which is beautiful. But on the flip side, like the pure underground hip hop side, in my opinion, there's a lot, there's still a lot of not not the vision, but there's there's a lack of community. Um, and by lack of community, it's like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Like you have a lot of different pods of dopeness that mm-hmm. don't know each other exist, and therefore cannot create the synergy that's needed. You know what I'm saying? In order for us to really flourish and take advantage of the fact that there is indeed a spotlight on us because of what the baby is doing and all the other stuff. So, so, um, think, so, so put a pin in that. So thinking about, you know, what the baby has done, has that helped Charlotte? I mean, are folk really benefiting from the fact that he is now, you know, probably one of, you know, currently one of the top, what, five artists in the country. Is that really, is that helping out local artists? Well, we got the attention, I'll say that, but COVID okay. ain't helping right now. So, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> the, well, no, I, I'll say that. It's helping some people out, depending on what you're investing in. But um, that's a whole other conversation. Right. But yeah, it's definitely, 
I, I think it's definitely brought some some significant change, but I think that we're delayed in seeing exactly what the effects could be and would be because of COVID, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole entertainment industry is pretty much like walking through mud right now, you know? Mm-hmm. So things ain't moving for anybody the way they typically would move. I'll definitely say that. And okay. so with that said, um, I definitely think that the tension in the rubber band is at its peak. And I think COVID has helped with that. When I say that, I mean, if you think about it like a slingshot, like, and COVID is the tension in the slingshot. Once we get past whatever, into the whatever, like once we get past social distancing, because COVID is here, it's a thing, it's not going anywhere. But once, we get past the social distancing and we can figure out the new normal and people can start having shows and going on tour and all that other stuff again. I think we'll really see the difference in how, you know, like what we're going to see the results of everything that people, all the the grind work that people are putting in, in this season right now of Mm -hmm. just kind of sitting still and, and, and adjusting to what things are about to be. You know, there's a lot of content coming out right now, digitally, you know, right? Right. And so at the, at the, on the other side of, of whatever's going on right now, we're going to see, you know, who made the right moves, you know, and who made the right decisions and, and adjusted properly. And I think that's going to be like the real litmus test for your question, actually. And, and I think that, you know, it also brings up another question because, you know, primarily, like I said, you've been in Charlotte, you know, for a good number of years, same as myself. And, and people usually like to say this, and whether it's true or not, that people don't support local Charlotte artists. You know what I'm saying? Like, people don't really want to jump on until the train has already left the station and everybody's saying, oh, I knew that dude way back when. Um, is that, something that, is that something that you're still, is that still happening? I mean, people still not recognizing that Charlotte has to build its own foundation and, and support each other. Or are we still having that same conversation? I remember, you know, No Limit and then, you know, they were saying this stuff, you know, 2000, you know, 2005, you know, it was hard to get airplay for local artists. Is that still happening? I, 2005, ask John Coltrane. Like, he can go right. back. Further than that, he didn't get his flowers. He was dead, and he from here, right? Right. You know, and, and it's like it, it, it never, it hasn't changed, in my opinion. Your validation really here, like even Jesus wasn't accepted at home, and he was raising people from the dead. So if you're just <laughs> bars, then what you think? You think you exempt from that? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, the the principle is the same, regardless. I think that. Um, what people fail to realize when you're from a market like Charlotte, which is from an entertainment aspect, a smaller market, what people fail to re- realize is that if you were in LA, if you were in Atlanta, if you were in New York, you would still have some of the same obstacles that people don't, th- people who don't realize that think that, you know, those things may disappear because you're in a larger market. And no, you still have to make believers out of the people that are around you. Um, now, and, and, and if you could do that in Charlotte, then you can definitely do it anywhere. 
Now that mm-hmm. that part I have seen, I have seen ring true, and the baby is the best example of that in my right. opinion. Because he did 10,000 just off of Instagram promo, his first mixtape. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that shows right there that if you if you work it right, you know, you can definitely get a strong base here. Charlotte's not going to blow you up, though. Okay. And I think that's what people are looking for. That's just not going to happen right now. And I think people are looking at the baby's success, wondering if because his he's been so successful, if that can happen now. Right. My answer is possibly. But going back to what I was saying before, we're not gonna really see the effects of it after this stuff. You know what I mean? But I definitely think that um, yeah, it's 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 there's a there's an interest in North Carolina between J. Cole and the baby. There's a there's an interest in our state for real, for real right now. And and that we should take advantage of that. So speaking of those two artists, does does North Carolina or does Charlotte do we have a sound? You know, you know, people have always talked about sounds coming from, you know, particular regions. Um, does North Carolina or does Charlotte have a specific sound that people know when they when the, the track hits, you know, like that's the Charlotte way? I don't think so. Um, I I think that there are artists out here that embody, like my man Elevator J, I've always said Elevator J. Like, to me, when I hear him, I hear Charlotte native. However, the very essence of Charlotte is that it's like 60 to 70% transplant. It's transient, yeah. It's a transient state, yeah, and city. Yeah, most people that are here are like first generation, second generation Charlatans. Like your mama moved here, you know what I'm saying? And you you grew up here, but you didn't. You wasn't born here. Right. Even even the baby. That's the, that's his story. That's my story. That's a lot of people's story. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that that has to be recognized as part of Charlotte's identity. It's a growing city and with that comes a whole bunch of transplants. So the people that, the art that it produces is gonna be reflective of that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I dare say that a lot of the forward progress that the city has has uh, undergone in the last couple of decades has been largely due to the influence of people who have moved into the area, you know what I'm saying? Noticing certain things and deciding to, you know, inquire or take action or, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely think that, um, I definitely think that a lot has to be said for Charlotte's identity um, when it comes to people moving in. And, um, I think that there's a whole bunch of different sounds that come out of the city. Um, and be, and be, that's because it's a melting pot. You know what I mean? Right. So, so now, so, so speaking of your stuff, you know, when you're working on projects, what, what gives you inspiration? You know, what drives you? What are you listening for? What are you looking at? You know, when it's time to go into project mode? Um, 
I don't, I'm, I'm trying to avoid saying the, like the cliche answer, like life and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> but it is life, li- but life, I mean. It is true though, like, usually I have like a, a theme for the season, right? Um, Langston Hughes has this quote that I love to use. He says, the prerequisite that to writing is having something to say. So the first thing I figure out before I get into it is what do I want to say? And especially if I'm in project mode, like if I, like, I, I just create to create, but a lot of times there's a difference between when I'm just writing a song because I'm, I'm writing a song and when I'm writing a song or I'm creating content for a specific purpose or a specific project in mind, right? Mm-hmm. So, hold on a second. Sorry, I just want to make sure I didn't. Nah, so normally we'd be doing if we were if we were doing our normal show and you were here, we'd be pouring those drinks for you. So right, just go ahead and pour up when you need to. <laughs> do what it do. So that that that's a norm. You know what I'm saying? But given we're we're doing it virtually, you have to pour your own drinks. I got a normal podcast. Yeah, you be in here. We we mix up whatever you need and keep them coming. So I hey. I like what you're doing over there. I just poured up my second one. So let, let's keep it going. You inspired me. You inspired me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where was I? What was I talking about? Uh, inspiration, inspo. Right, 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 right. So, um, like I was, like I said, I was trying to avoid the cliche life thing, but you know that, that is really g- genuinely what it is. The prerequisite to writing is having something to say, said Langston Hughes, and that is one of the things that I go by. That's my compass. So the first thing I do is I figure out what I want to say, and mm-hmm. I figure out what I want to say usually based on whatever season or whatever I'm learning from that season at the time, you know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of people write when they're going through stuff. I usually actually write a, write a lot more after I've gone through it and I can kind of look back with a certain clarity because it allows me to complete the thought um, as opposed to creating something that's literally only in that moment but gives no resolution at the end, you know what I'm saying? So, um, my, my inspiration usually comes to me constantly. It just depends on how I want to express that inspiration. And that's why I do so many different things, mm-hmm. you know, because certain, certain messages are best delivered in different packages. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to put everything together. Mm-hmm. And you're a father, correct? Facts. Yes. So has, has, father, has fatherhood changed? you know, how you approach music or when you think about, you know, longevity for songs that, you know, you want your children to hear later on down the line. I mean, has any of that ever gone into the thought process? You know, it's funny. I, be, I became a father pretty young. So my oldest is going to be 13 this year. So I've re- I really don't remember a lot about life before I had kids, like how that felt, you know what how I'm saying? Yeah. And I was, I, I, I really... I've had children or a, I've had a child to be accountable to my basically in my entire adult life. Mm-hmm. So I, it's never not been a part of my artist I, I, identity as I know it today. You know what I'm saying? Because before now it was when I was a kid. Right. You know? And so of course I'm writing different now than I was when I was a teenager. And after that, I had my my baby girl. So then, you know, from from then on, it was like I'm talking about a whole lot of different stuff, which is funny because I got a song called "Still Dreaming," mm-hmm. which I wrote 
a long time ago after the birth of my second child, my son. And that song to this day is still opening doors for wow. me. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. You know, I've I've had this song so old, I've done three different videos for it. The third one, <laughs> the third one, I've had it like I, I I mentioned my age in the song. I had to change it like three times because it's it's that song. It's you that right. Right. So the last time, the last and final version of the song, um, I did a video with the cast of the hip hop Nutcracker, and the song is called Still Dreaming. But that song I think resonates with a lot of people because I wrote it out of, you know, uh, I came back from a trip to Atlanta. I was in the studio with Grand Hustle. And um, I came back and me and my, my, my wife at the time got in an argument about like diapers or something, you know, and, and money basically is what it boiled down to. Not long after that, my mother died. Mm. And um, I, it just kind of was a wake up call. And I gave myself three years to the day that she died to, um, you know, get either make it or have some kind of sign that I should keep going, right? And um, I wrote Still Dreaming out of that experience. And the funny thing about it is, is that Still Dreaming went on to open a whole lot of doors for me. And three years to the day, uh, I was sitting on a runway coming from Scotland because I had just finished gigging for like a whole, a whole month or whatever. And so um, that was how things came full circle. And that was the sign that told me to keep going. But I'll sell that story because that's how inspiration works for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I'll, 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 I'll be going through a season, but it's not until I kind of like have some type of clarity or resolution to the, to the conflict, you know what I'm saying? That I can kind of yeah. look like I'm still dreaming, you know what I'm saying? And then write a song from that perspective and fill it with hope instead of the, holy shit that I was going through before, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so yeah, so I hope that makes sense. It does. So, so, you know, COVID-19 has affected everybody, you know, no matter what we do, um, you know, what industry we're in and particularly for someone like you, you know, where you, you have multiple streams of revenue based on the occupation that you have as a musician um, and, and things like that as a recording artist. So how has, you know, this pandemic, you know, affected, you know, what you've been able to do and, and, you know, if, and when this thing is over, you know, what, what are you looking forward to being able to do? I'm looking forward to being able to like be intimate again. You know what I mean? Like with my shows and because I, I'm a very like hands-on performer. Um, so with everything that's been going on, I've been able to pump out, like I had, enough foresight to knock out a lot of my visuals like ahead of time doing phase mm -hmm. two. We were still kind of allowed to touch each other and stuff. Right, right, right. So I knocked out a lot of my stuff then um, for at least like half a year. Um, so 
as far as content is concerned, luckily I was able to do that and I'm kind of covered for at least half the year, right? Okay. But, you know, if COVID in 2020 hasn't taught us anything, it's shown us two things, in my opinion. One, that you cannot replace getting out there and shaking hands and kissing babies. Like it just, you can't get around it. There is no thing that can replace person to person contact. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or just that, that intimacy, that connection. Um, and then also it's taught us that you better have more than one hustle. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes, sir. If you don't, uh, it will be tough for you. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, uh, I definitely have put that into to play. Um, and I've been blessed and fortunate that other areas of my life have remained steady or flourished um, in the midst of all this crazy stuff, uh, even though the music and all that's like basically this whole I'm not gonna say it's a wash but this whole year has been has been mostly preparing for next year yeah figuring out how to connect the dots and leave the breadcrumbs for what we're trying to do next year um thankfully like I said I've made some and some good decisions as far as like preparing for what we're going through now content wise um so I think we'll be okay but yeah, we definitely, I, I'm ready to perform. I'm ready to tour. I'm, you know, I'm ready to get out there, man. So speaking of, of performing, I know a lot of local artists, you know, they, of course, they pivoted to, you know, doing probably virtual based shows. Um, yeah. Even I've seen, I've seen now folk going, you know, to front porch concert, you know what I'm saying? So they're, they're literally like sitting, you know, on a fucking front porch and having their neighbors, you know, come by. Have you been able to do any of that? Or is that something you're thinking about doing? It is something that we're thinking about doing, not even thinking about, we're planning on doing it uh, very soon. Um, I have a performance with uh, Blumenthal coming up, um, Spirit Square, uh, August 21st. That will be a live performance, but I do believe that there will, it, it, I'm not sure if it'll be live streamed, but I definitely know it'll be at least recorded and then rebroadcast uh, somewhere on some platform, um, even if it's mine. Uh, <laughs> um, it'll definitely be on my YouTube, so definitely subscribe to catch that. But um, also thinking about, or not thinking about, but planning on doing some things with Evening Muse. Um, mm -hmm. They've been very gracious to uh, allow a lot of artists to, not a lot, but uh, some some friends of mine, Quentin Talley, um, you probably know him. Um, yeah the soul providers they've done some stuff up there and so they've been very friendly to artists trying to do the live stream thing from their venue uh so we're looking at doing some stuff there and you know whatever else opens up um there's still opportunity i've been blessed actually to get asked to do a lot of stuff in the midst of all this this craziness so yeah um i'm i'm definitely one of the fortunate ones but it's uh it's skimp out here that's for sure it is. Um, and, and, you know, speaking of Blumenthal, you know, we had um, Tom Gabber. He's the CEO of Blumenthal Performing Arts on the show. And one of the questions I asked Tom, 
you know, was about building confidence. How do you get people to get back out there, particularly for live performances? And the Blumenthal, you know, they need to sell tickets. Um, you know, all their venues are, you know, basically people-based and they need folk to come out and really be a part of those performances. As you get ready to get back out there, how do you inspire confidence in folk who may not be feeling like, you know what, I don't know if I want to be around, you know, 50 people or I don't know, you know, how do you get folk to really start to get their confidence back, to get back out there and have some fun and listen to your music? Um, you know, it's funny. I don't think making people confident in that regard is our job. I think mm -hmm. that, that is something that's going to come on their own time based on whatever advances come about in the healthcare world. What our job as entertainers is, is to adapt to how people choose to consume their music. So our job is to, okay, you don't want to come out, then we'll live stream and we'll put the cash app out, you know, we'll pin it to the, to the live stream or we'll sell tickets to the live stream or what, however it is that we do it, but our job as innovators is to work around whatever the current cultural climate is. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So I think that really more so falls back on us to figure out, okay, if you're comfortable, if you're more comfortable staying in the comfort of your own home to get, to get what I have to give you, but, you're, but you still want to support me, let me make it easy for you to do that. You know what I mean? And so that, I think that just comes... Uh, back on us to to be innovative and figure out how to get our product to people. So, you know, we're, we're coming up on our time to wrap up, but I got a couple more questions. One of the things we always talk about on this show is how do we get younger folk to engage not only in arts, but cultural-based activities? Um, we know music, you know, that's an easy, you know, that's an easy end. You know, most kids I run into, you know, they, they want to be rappers, they want to be singers. But we know that the arts, or, you know, it encompasses a wide breadth of mediums. How do we get younger folk to really start buying into the arts and recognizing that art can be a full, a full career? You know, you can really make a full living out of being a part of the arts. How do, how do we get more young folk involved? We have to show them examples of people winning in the arts in ways that they don't traditionally see on YouTube or whatever they looking up in their spare time. Um, and what I mean by that is one of the things that I learned in uh, when I went out to LA for a little while was one, how much money is just out there. <laughs> like it's just out there. Like you could just go get it. Go. <laughs> all you got to do is figure out how to go get it. It's just out there. Um, but then also that the people with that money, most of them, you don't never see. Nope. Or they do something that you didn't, you'd be like, what? You do, you do what? And you get paid what to do what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You'd be surprised how many jobs, like, you'll never look at movie credits the same again. If you when really you see all it right. Yeah. Because there's so many people that that production employs and they, a lot of them got paid almost as much as the actors that sell the movie. And once you realize that, it, it just, you, uh, it's a whole new world that opens up to people. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think you just have to expose them to, to the win. 
just the way, the same way you have to, in order to uh, to get them interested in, you know, a certain type of hip hop. You know, what I mean, you have. I think that's what's missing from uh, the conversation when it comes to like a certain type of music, or why why doesn't a more wholesome message get perpetuated more than you know, say, you know, things that are more, I guess, uh, superficial based or disrespectful, misogynistic, whatever it may be, those messages get perpetuated way further than something that black thought or common or whoever could ever say, you know what I mean? Right. Why is that? It's because you don't see those type of characters, those type of, you know, icons, uh, celebrated in the same way that you see, you know, the Migos or whoever else that's in a, in a slightly different lane. You know what I mean? And I think that if we show them the win, they'll become more interested because that's like, that's why people want to become Michael Jordan. That's why people right. want to be Ron James because they see the win. They, mm-hmm. they, how I can win. That's why you want, it's, it's not drug dealing that interests people. Or the youth. It's the win. It's the wins. It's the it's the money. It's, it's it's the girls. It's the cars. Yeah. Exactly. So if we could glorify the positive stuff the same way we glorify the bullshit, then you know we could get not just young people but people on board with a lot of positive stuff. But for whatever reason, we don't we don't do that. And it, and 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 I it's not for whatever reason. It's because it doesn't fit the agenda. Exactly. You know, we need a whole nother hour to cover that. So, <laughs> yeah. so talk about, um, you know, what what what's what's the future looking like for you? What is the next five years? Um, what what do you envision? You know, for you, for your craft, um, for your artwork. World domination. Not just playing. Um, I'm thinking that in the next five in five years, hopefully, we're talking motion picture uh, or some type of. Series, Netflix series or something like that. Um, I'm, I'm rapping when I feel like it, uh, and not because I have to. And I am pr- focusing on creating uh, my comic book and film and acting and being a father and getting these kids out of my house. <laughs> I think I think that's every parent's dream to be the empty nester. You get them up, get them out, and then you get a bigger house, and you enjoy everything Absolutely. else. I, I and all types of shit. Drink straight out of the carton. It's gonna be beautiful. Back, to, back basically back to your own teenage years. Yeah, um, I missed it. I get it. So, <laughs> so, so, basically, um, make sure everybody knows where to find you. Give them all your social handles. Let them. Let them Give them the you know, website, whatever it is they need to find you, find your music, find your art craft, you know, give it to them right now. Uh, I am MasonParker.com. Um, you can find me, I am Mason Parker on all social media. Um, that's Instagram, Facebook fan page, and Twitter. I am Mason Parker. Why? Because it's true. And uh, <laughs> that makes it real simple for you. So I got merch available. Uh, a portion of my merchandise sales goes to Restorative Justice Charlotte always. Um, so, you know, we definitely uh, are, are endeavoring to, you know, be a part of the solution. 
and uh, by supporting me, you will support that as well. Um, but yeah, man, I am Mason Parker, Airware. That's what's up. Um, real quick, uh, you know, folk that want to be where you are, they're, they're trying to do the same thing. You know, I, no matter how many times, um, you know, we've had conversations like this, someone else is having it for the first time. What, what are two tips you can give, you know, someone to, to, to be able to start, you know, putting their career on track and getting an opportunity, getting into the space and not giving up on their dreams? Be you, everybody else to catch up and do one thing every day, every day, like every day. Uh, people think that I'm just like saying every day, but I mean like every day, do one thing um, that gets you closer to where you wanna be. I don't care how small or how grandiose it is. I don't care if you do more than one thing, do at least one thing every day. I don't care how bad that day was. I don't care what else. Like I've buried both parents. Yeah. And I still do one thing every day. That's what it takes. So, yeah. There it is. You heard it here first. Um, so as we get ready to close out, remember, you can catch Crafted with Cradle on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Suite929.tv. And remember, we're going to be here. We're going to keep doing it. We won't stop. We're going to continue to do our live broadcast once a month, and we're going to continue to have our show um, on our regular schedule. So we thank you for hanging in there with us. As we know, this country, um, this world is going through a very difficult time. Mason, thank you, you know, so much for coming through. As always, you know, if you were here, we do a cheers, but we have to do the virtual cheers. So go ahead and put your glass up to the cameraman. Cheers to your brother. Much success, much love. Keep doing your thing. Um, and I look forward to actually meeting you in person one day, you know, when all this stuff is over. I'm quite sure Jamika can arrange that given, you know what, she's producing this show and she's managing you. So if, if we don't get together anytime soon, we will just make sure we just blame her. We'll just, you know, just put it I have her. recently had my temperature checked, actually, and I, I will say I am as healthy as a horse. Uh, also, Quantum Leap, I forgot, I almost forgot. Quantum Leap, please download, stream, get that. Um, it's the latest album that I have out right now, and it's pretty dope. And Spirit Square Concert Series, August 21st. Uh, if you can't be there, definitely look out for the footage. And uh, peace and love to all of you. There it is. All right, y'all. We are out of here, and we will see you soon. Make sure to check out Crafted with Cradle on all streaming podcast platforms and on suite929.tv. And make sure that you're following us on Instagram at Crafted with Cradle.